Welcome to the Games for the Throne podcast, a podcast about the HBO series Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Courtney, aka Mother of Dragons. Okay, guys, this has to be one of my favorite episodes ever of the series. Um, this episode was awesome. I think I held my breath for like 10 minutes. I think my heart skipped a beat a bunch of times. I don't know how I made it through. I don't know how I'm going to go to sleep tonight. Um, it was just a great episode. Like shit is getting real. So welcome to this episode of Games for the Throne. Um, we're going to be talking about episode 704, The Spoils of War. And the Lannisters no longer have those spoils. Unfortunately, they still have the gold, but all of the grain and the food has been burnt up by our dear um, queen and her dragon. But first, we will start off with uh, Bronn and Jamie. Um, Jamie opens one of the carriages um, full of gold. He gives Bronn a big bag of it. And uh, Bronn says, well, you know, where's my castle and my wife and all this other stuff you promised me? And Jamie doesn't understand why he can't just be happy with the gold that he's been given um, and the knighthood he's been given. And um, Jamie's in a bit of a mood, which Bronn notices. So he asks what's wrong. Um, he's, he actually says, did the old lady, um, you know, throw one last punch um, that got to you? Jamie doesn't answer him, doesn't tell him what's wrong. Bronn even says he'll take Highgarden and Jamie says, well, that's probably not a really good idea because, you know, we just cleared it out. Yeah, but um, Danny may bring her dragons back or um, Targary the Targaryen princess may bring her, bring her dragons back um, to take it back. So maybe you don't want to be here for that. <laughs> Jamie says he'll give him a castle once they've won the war. There will be plenty of castles to choose from. As well as taking all the gold from Highgarden that the Tyrells had, um, which is going to pay the Iron Bank of Bravos, um, they're also taking all of the grain and food from the farmers that live around there. I don't know if that means they're taking everything and not leaving anything, since they're taking it for the soldiers for war and King's Landing, but um, Braun, or Jamie tells, tells Braun to go help um, Lord Randall Tarley and his son Dickon to um, persuade the farmers to give over their crops. And while this is going on, Cersei back in King's Landing is um, talking to the man from the Iron Bank of Bravos. I think his name is Tycho or Ticho, something like that. Um, so he's surprised and impressed that he's getting all of his gold back in one payment and then he says oh but you know our people are going to be upset that um we're not invested in anything we liked getting your interest payments and so he says you know perhaps we can set up something new um so she talks about how her only venture is going to now be um reconquering the seven kingdoms under her reign um, and she refers to, she says she's going to get the Golden Company to join her army. And they are sellswords, um, much like Dario Naharis's group was um, a sellsword group. But the Golden Company is made up, I believe, of a lot of um, different um, people who were from, some of them were from Westeros. And um, they 
joined uh, the Golden Company because they were exiled or, you know, they were lesser um, sons of lesser lords and they wanted to go off and do something else. Um, so apparently she's going to try to enlist them. And uh, I believe for the book readers out there that this is the, the Golden Company was the one that um, John Connington, um, who was Griff in the books, um, was part of the Golden Company for a while. So maybe that character will pop up. I don't know. I think, um, I'm not sure how far back he was in the Golden Company because he was taking care of young Griff, um, who all the book readers know who that is. Way up at Winterfell, Littlefinger is talking with Bran in his room. Um, he gives Bran the dagger that the man tried to kill him with back in season one. Um, that Valyrian um, steel dagger. Um, and, of course, you know, he was the one that said that he lost it um, during a tourney to Tyrion, which, of course, then prompted Catelyn to arrest Tyrion and started this whole thing. Um, and Littlefinger talks about that. Um, he says, you know, that he's really sorry that Catelyn died. He should have been there to protect her. He would have died in her place if he could. But he says now he's there to protect her children. And he says he'll do whatever he can for Bran, whatever Bran needs. And uh, Bran asks if he knows who the knife belongs to. And Littlefinger says, no, this time, I think. But he says it started the war. Um, so they know that Tyrion didn't try to kill Bran. They just don't know who did. And I believe it was Joffrey. Um, they know it was somebody rich. So um, Littlefinger is still talking to Bran. He says he cannot imagine what Bran has been through. All of these things. Um, can't imagine what he's seen north of the wall, what he went through especially, you know, not having the use of his legs. And now he's come home to chaos. And Bran says um, back to him, um, chaos is a ladder, which I think is something that Littlefinger has said to somebody in the past. And I can't remember if it was Sansa or somebody else, but that is something that is a Littlefinger quote. So Littlefinger is a little weirded out by that, as everybody is when Bran um, brings up something that he shouldn't know, but he somehow does. And um, Mira walks in then, so Littlefinger says, well, you know, I'm sorry to, um, to keep you. I just wanted to talk. And uh, he calls Bran Lord Stark, but Bran says, I'm not a lord. So he leaves, and uh, Mira has come to tell Bran that she's leaving. Um, she wants to go home. She doesn't want to leave him, but she wants to go home to be with her family um, to help protect them when the White Walkers come. So their goodbye is really um, awkward because he just says, you know, well, thank you, you know, thanks for everything, I'll see you later. Mira tells him that, you know, she feels like she can leave him now because he's safe and that he doesn't really need her anymore. And uh, he says, no, I don't. And um, she says, you know, that's all you have to say. And my brother died, you know, to get you um, to the tree cave. And I almost died and Hodor died. And like, this is all you have to say. And he says, well, I'm not Bran anymore. Um, there's just so much going on in his head that he can see that he remembers the life of Bran Stark. But there's all these other things going on. So he is just not the same person. 
and she says that he died in the cave and she leaves. Arya has finally made it to Winterfell. She gets to the gate. She looks at the guards. Um, they don't want to let her in. And she says, well, you know, this is my home. I'm Arya Stark. They just laugh it off. Oh, Arya Stark's dead. And she says, um, well, go get Sir Roderick. Go get Maester Lewin. One of them will tell you. So she, you know, doesn't know. It's hard for us to remember sometimes who knows what. Um, and Arya does not know that Sir Roderick and um, Maester Lewin died because um, I don't even know if she knows that Theon took um, Winterfell for a while. Um, I can't remember, but so many things have happened. So many different people have been there. So she just didn't know about their deaths. And so these guys have never even heard of Sir Roderick or Maester Lewin. So then she says, well, go tell Jon Snow that his sister's here. And of course, Jon isn't there because he's a Dragonstone. So she's like, well, okay, who's in charge? And um, they say the Lady of Winterfell. And she's like, Lady Stark okay, which Lady Stark, you know, um, and which there really only one would be Sansa and Arya, but they're like, well, um, you should know what her name is, so if you can tell us her name, you know, maybe we'll go get her, and she says, okay, we'll go tell Sansa that her sister Arya is here, and then they say, well, we're not gonna let you in, the lady doesn't have time for these things, you're just lying, and um, she tells them she's getting in one way or another, so they better go get Sansa and tell her. And that if they don't, and Sansa finds out that she was there, they're going to be in big trouble. So they tell her to go sit on this little wagon or whatever and wait. And then the two of them argue about which one is going to go tell Sansa that her sister is there. Because, of course, they don't believe her. None of them wants to get in trouble. And they're just a bunch of idiots, really. So they turn back around and Arya's gone. Um, so they go, she tells Sansa that this girl showed up saying that she's Arya. Um, but she, and she was talking about um, these people that called Sir Roderick and Maester Lewin and that she was just some girl and um, they'll find her. She disappeared, but they'll find her and not to worry about it. Well, when Sansa hears that the girl asks about Maester Lewin and Sir Roderick, she immediately knows it's Arya, because only Arya would know those names. No lowborn person, um, especially a girl, would know um, not having grown up in that castle. So, um, and she says, uh, don't worry about looking for her. I know where she is. And of course, Arya is down in the crypts, and she is in front of her father's tomb. Um, so Sansa walks down there and Arya asks, she sees her, she says, do I have to call you Lady Stark now? And Sansa says yes and then smiles and they walk towards each other and hug. And um, Arya tells Sansa that she needs better guards because Sansa said, you shouldn't have run away from the guards. And she said, I didn't. She said, I just walked off. You need better guards. They're idiots. So they're standing there in front of their father's tomb and um, Sansa says that John will be so excited when he gets back because he was excited when he saw Sansa. So he'll probably just be over the moon when he sees Arya because they were so much closer. Um, 
Arya asks Sansa if she killed Joffrey like everybody is saying. Um, but Sansa says no. She wishes she had. And Arya says, yeah, I wish I had too. Um, he was on my list. And Sansa asks her, well, what kind of list? And she's like, well, the list of people I'm going to kill. And Sansa kind of thinks it's a joke. She kind of laughs it off, I think. Um, so then Sansa wants to know how she got back to Winterfell. And Arya says, well, it's a really long story. This is kind of the same thing we got with Danny and Tyrion last week. It's like, um, you know, we want the characters to know what they've gone through, but we already know. So as viewers, they're not telling us this over again. They're getting to the point here um, because we know what happened to these characters. So off screen, they can share their stories. We don't need to see it. Um, so anyway, Sansa asks, Arya says, yeah, it's a long story. Then she asks um, how Sansa got there. Sansa says, yeah, it's a long story. So I guess they'll eventually talk about it, but it will be something that we probably don't see since we know what happened. And um, Arya says, you know, while they both have long stories, their story is still continuing. So um, Sansa tells Arya that Bran just got back to Winterfell as well. And so they go to meet him in the Godswood. Um, so Bran tells her, the, uh, Arya, that he saw her at a crossroads and um, Sansa tries to explain that he has these visions um, and he says that he thought Arya was going to go to King's Landing because Cersei is a name on her list. Um, so he knows about her list and that she was going to go there to kill Cersei. And so Sansa's like, okay, she's taking the system a little more seriously now. And she says, well, who else is on your list? And Arya says, well, a lot of different people were, but most of them are dead already. Um, so then Bran pulls out the dagger that Littlefinger gave him. Um, and Sansa says, he gave you that? It, he wants something in return. What did he want? He never does anything unless he's going to get something back out of it. And Bran said, well, I don't even want it. So um, he hands it to Arya. And Arya's like, well, you're sure you're gonna, you want to give that up? Because it's Valyrian steel. And um, Bran's like, yeah, I mean, I can't use it. It'd be a waste on a cripple. Um, so Arya now has this awesome Valyrian steel dagger, which I think means at some point she's going to end up in front of a White Walker because <laughs> she's going to need that uh, Valyrian steel dagger in order to make it through that encounter with the White Walker. Brienne and Pod see that Arya's home, and Pod tells Brienne that Catelyn Stark would be proud um, of Brienne, and Brienne says, well, I really didn't do anything, and um, he tells her, you know, don't be so modest. Then we go back down to Dragonstone, and Missandei is worried because they haven't heard anything from the Unsullied, so they don't know what's happened at Casterly Rock, that basically the Unsullied are kind of blocked in. Um, and are going to have to um, walk across Westeros to get back to um, Dragonstone. Or either they're going to have to find some ships to come fight the Greyjoys to get them back. Um, Danny wants to know what happened between Grey Worm and Missandei because she knows something happened. And Missandei just says many things and that's about all she says. And Danny is kind of wanting to know more. But um, they've gone down to meet John so he can take them to the underground mountain of Dragonglass and show her. 
So they go down to the mines and he's, John says, I just wanted to show you this before we start hacking it up. And she goes in and it's this great cave of all of this, you know, black onyx dragon glass. And she just looks around kind of amazed by it. And he says, well, there's something else I need to show you. So they go through to another part of the cave and there are these drawings or carvings on the wall. And they're actually, they were done by the children of the forest, which of course is who we saw with Bran when he was up north of the wall. Um, because the children of the forest used to be over all of Westeros before the first men came. And then they got driven way up north. And now we know there's still a few, um, maybe, that are still up there. So he shows her these drawings and... The drawings are about the children of the forest and um, we see that familiar swirl that we're always seeing in everything, um, whether it's frozen bodies or it's where that tree cave was that Bran was um, back in the day when it was where uh, Leaf, I think her name was, put the dragon glass into the man and made him the Night King. Um, so these kind of circle swirl things are very symbolic for some reason. Um, but the paintings indicate that the children of the forest and the first men were working together and they were working together to defeat the White Walkers. And there's actually drawings of White Walkers in the cave as John described them. So he shows her that. And she's just kind of stunned by all of this. And John tells her, you know, we need to work together. The children and the first men, through all their differences, got together and they worked together to save this, this world. And that's what we need to do. She says, well, you can't defeat, um, there's no way you can defeat the Night King without my army and my dragons. You need them, right? And he says, yes. Um, and she says, well, I will fight for you and I'll fight for the North. Um, and help you against these terrible monsters. But then she adds, if you bend the knee. And John says, well, my people won't accept a Southern ruler after all they've suffered. I mean, after everything they've suffered under Joffrey and, um, you know, even Tommen, now Cersei, like the North has been in chaos since Robert died. It's been nothing but, you know, um, war for them ever since. And this has been for years now. Um, but she says, well, they will if their king will. Um, and she asks, isn't their survival more important than your pride? But we don't get to see his answer to her or if he answers her because they come back out and Tyrion and Varys are waiting there with some bad news. <laughs> so, um... They say there's news from Casterly Rock, and Danny thinks it's good news, but it isn't, of course. Um, it's that the Greyjoys, that Euron Greyjoy got there, burnt the ships up that the um, Unsullied came there on, and that only part of the Lannister army was there. There's no food in Casterly Rock for the Unsullied, and their only way to get back to Dragonstone is to march across Westeros, which leaves them wide open for attack. So Danny's pissed. She says Tyrion's strategy has lost them all of their Westerosi allies. And um, he says, well, we need to get the Unsullied back here. And we still have enough Dothraki to, um, and we have enough boats to take them to King's Landing. We need to just go do that and attack Cersei now. 
and she says, you know, enough. She questions his loyalty. Um, if, you know, he really doesn't want to kill his family like he says he does, which I don't think he wants to kill Jamie. He just wants to get rid of Cersei for sure. Um, but she's just done. She says she's going to fly her dragons to the Red Keep. And she says, what kind of queen am I if I won't go fight for my people? Because, of course, they keep telling her she's too important. You can't just ride the dragon over there. You know, it's going to be, um, what if something happens to you? And she's just like, well, I just can't. We can't keep doing things the way we're doing them. So it's time for some action. Um, then she asks John what he thinks she should do. And he says, well, he would never presume to tell her as a queen what she should do. But she says, well, I'm asking you, what would you do? And he tells her, well, the people who followed you know you made something impossible happen because, you know, she, there hadn't been dragons for hundreds of years. She hatched these dragons. She, these dragons are, um, obeying her. Um, so they know that and they follow her because they think that she can do other impossible things. But if she uses the dragons to melt castles and cities, then she's the same as all of the other crappy rulers before her. Um, you know, she's inspired her people because she's doing these great things. She's freeing slaves and, um, you know, but if she just goes and burns people and kills them, then she's just a tyrant and she's not any better than what they've got now. So it's just going to make her worse and not better in their eyes. Then we go from there back to Winterfell and Arya is watching Brienne and Pod train. Of course, Brienne is kicking Pod's behind, um, as usual. Pod's getting a little better. Um, Littlefinger and Sansa are walking up overhead and uh, they're talking about grain, but Sansa sees Arya um, talking to Brienne, so they stop. And Arya tells Brienne that she wants her to train her since she beat the Hound. And um, Brienne says, well, you know, let me go get you the Master at Arms to train you. And she's like, he didn't beat the Hound. I want you to train me. So um, Sansa's looking at this, down at this. She looks a little weird about it. Um, but Brienne says, okay, I'll train you. Uh, but you can't use that sword, uh, needle, because it's too small. And Arya says, well, I'll try not to cut you. Um, so they start fighting. Arya's doing a fabulous job. She's blocking all of Brienne's um, attacks towards her. She's slipping around, you know, like a little assassin and um, dodges Brienne. Um, but finally... Brienne kicks Arya, knocks her over with her foot. And um, Brienne's kind of like, oh shit, I didn't mean to just do that. Is she okay? And Arya just jumps right back up uh, like a cat. And Brienne asks her who taught her to fight like that. And she says, no one. <laughs> so um, hearkening back to the House of Black and White and the Faceless Men. Uh, Brienne looks up at Sansa because, you know, she's kind of impressed by Arya and she thinks like Sansa's gonna, you know, just kind of laugh or smile and be okay about it. But Sansa just uh, walks off. So um, I don't know what's up with that. Um, I guess it's just that um, while still being a little bit of the same, all of these Stark children are now very different as well. Um, you know, Sansa... Um, Arya always was a little tomboy doing all of these things, but she's really doing it. She knows how to fight. 
So, uh, you know, Sansa just doesn't know what her story is. Just like, um, Sansa isn't this little girl anymore that's just like, oh, I just want to be queen and knit all day and, you know, do pretty dresses and be pretty for the king and the princes and blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm hoping she's not going to go back to that with Littlefinger in her ear, uh, because now she's very good at, at thinking about things and being a leader, um, but, you know, and Bran just, Bran, I think, has had the biggest change because now he is a three-eyed raven and none of them understand what that means. They just, they don't understand it at all. They know little bits and pieces. They're creeped out by the fact that he knows things that he shouldn't know about them. But, um, you know, so they're still getting used to each other, but I kind of still don't understand the reason that she walked off like she did. Arya sees Littlefinger, and he looks down at her and nods, and uh, she kind of looks at him like, she she knows not to trust him. She knows something's up with him, that he's creepy, so um, hopefully she can help uh, Sansa fight against his manipulations and figure out what he wants. I think we're going to see a, another faceless man thing where she sneaks around and does something. Maybe she ends up killing Littlefinger. Who knows? Then we go back to Dragonstone again and Sir Davos and John are walking around and Sir Davos asks John, uh, yeah, asks John what he thinks of Danny, And he says, well, I think she has a good heart. And Davos says, yeah, I noticed you staring at her good heart. And John says, look, we don't have any time for that. Um, we got the Night King coming. I ain't got time for women. Uh, so they come across Miss Sanday and, uh, they start talking to her and she doesn't understand why John doesn't have the same name as his father, why he doesn't have the Stark name. And, um, he and John and Sir Davos explain why well, he's a bastard because his mother and father weren't married. Um, I think this is going to come back again in another way, which is why this whole conversation happened, which I'll say in a minute. But um, so his mother and father weren't married. So therefore, he is a bastard. He's not a true born son. Um, and Sir Davos asks what they, you know, if they have bastards in North. And Miss Sande says, well, we don't have marriage. So the concept of that, of having illegitimate children um, isn't, you know, we did, we just don't have that there. You just are who you are. Um, so anyway, I, uh, think the reason we're having this whole conversation or that she brings up this whole thing about him being a bastard and he says, well, my mother and father weren't married is because somehow we're going to see, uh, the, the marriage, the wedding of Liana and Rhaegar Targaryen in some sort of flashback, whether it's through Bran or something. Um, I think we were going to see, I think we're going to see that there was a consensual marriage that Lyanna Stark was not kidnapped by Rhaegar Targaryen, that she loved him and they were married, even though he was already married to Elia Martell, he was still allowed to take another wife. And when John was born, he was a legitimate, um, Targaryen. Um, so anyway, back to the conversation that they have. John asks why Miss Sande left her homeland, and uh, she said, well, I was taken by slavers. Uh, so Davos wants to know how she became, how from a slave, she um, came to serve Danny, And she says, well, Danny, she bought me from my master, and then she freed me. So Davos says, but now you're serving her, so you're not really free. And she says, no, I'm free. Um, 
you know, I could do what I want. And John says, well, okay, so if you wanted to go home to Narth, what would the queen do? And Miss Ande says, well, she'd give me a ship and she'd wish me well. And he's like, well, would she really do that? And she says, yeah, you know, Danny, uh, Miss Sandy says she's not our queen because she's the father of some king that we, who we don't know. We never met, we've never seen, or we've never heard of. Um, she's our queen because she freed us. We chose her, um, and we've chosen to follow her because of who she is. So then Davos jokes a bit and says, well, uh, would you forgive me if I switched sides talking to John? Um, since Miss Sande just said so many good things about, um, Daenerys. Then they see a Greyjoy ship. And of course, this is going to be the one with Theon on it. And Jon is not going to be happy to see Theon. Uh, even though Theon did not kill Bran and Rickon, he still betrayed Rob. He is part of the reason that Rob got killed. If Rob hadn't had to worry, if, um... Theon and the Ironborn had not attacked the North and taken all of their keeps up there, then, you know, that just caused the whole rift between Rob and his army because the people wanted to go back and fight their homelands and not go south and fight King's Landing. And, you know, it just, it messed everything up. So that is like an unforgivable thing in John's eyes. So John and Davos and the others, they walk down to the ship. And Theon comes walking up and he sees John. Very awkward moment. Um, Theon, you know, just kind of says, hi, John, I didn't know you were here. Um, and then he asks if Sansa's all right. Well, John grabs him and says that um, the him saving Sansa is the only reason that John's not killing him right now. And uh, Theon says that he has come to ask Danny to help him get Yara back. But John says, well, the queen's not here. Because, um, of course, she is on her way to King's Landing. <laughs> so then we see Jamie and we see all of the um, carriages and everything and the army. And um, they have now gotten the gold safely back over to King's Landing. All they have to do now is get the rest of the men and all of the grain and the food and everything that they took from the people at Highgarden. Um, but Lord Tarly comes up to Jamie. He tells them where they're at, that all the gold's made it over there. The Iron Bank's going to get their payments. And, uh, he says, we need to hurry up though, because we're kind of sitting here. We're open to attack because our forces are split up. And, uh, he asks if he can flog the stragglers because that'll mo motivate the nobility to move more quickly. And Jamie says, well, you know, give the men a little time because they fought hard for us. And Lord Tarly kind of rolls his eyes at Jamie and, and turns and leaves. And Jamie and Braun just kind of give each other a look like, you know, what's up your ass? Um, Jamie goes and he talks to Dickon, uh, him and Braun. They talk about the battle at Highgarden and Dickon says, well, you know, I have mixed feelings about it because... We were pledged to Highgarden for all of my life, um, you know, for, for hundreds of years, we've been pledged to Highgarden, and uh, Bronn laughs and makes fun of his name, because it's Dickon, um, but anyway, he talks about how these were people that he used to hunt with, he knew them, and so it was just, you know, it was really hard, 
And uh, Jamie says, well, they didn't deserve to die, but Lady Olena turned against the queen. So, you know, it's all her fault. Um, so, you know, here we are. And then Bronn starts to hear something. It's like a chanting noise and uh, something's coming. So Jamie gets uh, the army. He tells them to get together to form the line. He's worried. Um, Bronn tells Jamie to go back to King's Landing to take care of himself. But Jamie says he won't leave. Um, that they can fight the whoever's coming. That they can take them. They can hold off. They can hold them off. And... Um, then we see the Dothraki coming. They are running. They're on horseback. They're coming towards the army. And then what is coming above them? But here comes Drogon with Danny on um, his back flying towards them. And she gets close. And of course, she says, Dracaris. And there goes part of the Lannister army in flame. Their ashes like within seconds. Um... And the Dothraki break right through the Lannister line. Um, they're fucking badass. They're shooting arrows from their horses. Like they're up on one leg, shooting arrows, flipping around, jumping off. Um, so the Lannister army is just now like they're trying. Okay, so they're trying to um, hit Drogon with arrows. Of course, those are doing nothing to him because dragons have thick hides. So, Jamie tells Bronn to go get the ballista that Kyburn made. Um, and Bronn's like, well, why don't you go get it? You know, because everything's on fire. There's chaos. There's blood. People dead everywhere. And Jamie says, I can't shoot it. I've got one hand. So, it's up to Bronn. Um, and I really didn't want Bronn to get on my shit list. And he's on my shit list now. So, Bronn's trying to get to the ballista. Um... Jamie almost gets killed by one of the Dothraki, but Dickon ends up saving his life. Um, Bronn comes up against this one Dothraki who's like hellbent on killing him. He, the Dothraki cuts off the leg of Bronn's horse and uh, Bronn falls down. He drops the gold that ga Jamie gave him earlier and um, they're coming after him. So this one man's following Bronn. He follows him to the wagon. Um, and when he opens the curtain, there's Bronn at the front of the ballista and he shoots the spear and it goes right through to the, the Dothraki and, uh, pins him up against another carriage. So then he's got to reload this weapon, which I was hoping would be really, really hard, but it seemed like it just took a minute. Um, and Tyrion is there. He's watching from above with the rest of the Dothraki. Um, and... Danny has just gone back and forth through this um, battlefield and um, she's burned. She comes back. She burns up all of the grain and everything, all of the food that they got. So she didn't get any of the gold, but she got a lot of the food. So at least there was that. She hurt them that way. And then she got a whole hell of a lot of their soldiers that were straggling behind. Um, so Bronn's reloading the weapon. He's looking for Drogon. Tyrion's watching from above. He's kind of, you know, got mixed feelings watching these poor men die, um, you know, who are just fighting for Cersei because they grew up in Casterly Rock or like around Casterly Rock and their, you know, Lord, um, lords and ladies were the Lannisters. So, 
um, mixed feelings about that and just seeing, you know, people burned alive is kind of a frightening thing. Um, so Bronn's still looking for Drogon. Um, so Tyrion's looking down worriedly over this battlefield and one of the Dothraki next to him says, your people can't fight. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Bronn is reloading this ballista Danny sees she knows that this weapon you know is, is shooting spears at her and at Drogon so she needs to take it out so she almost gets down there she says Dracaris and fire starts to shoot out but Bronn um looses the spear and it hits Drogon and oh my god I was so scared that it went through his mouth or his eye or something but luckily it just hit his wing um, I think he's been through far worse than that. Like in the pits of Marine, he was stabbed so many more times. So I'm hoping Drogon's going to be okay. But he's having a hard time flying with this spear in his wing. So, so Danny is trying to get control of Drogon because he's falling towards the water. She's mad. Um, she comes back around to try and burn Bronn, but he dives off of the, um, the weapon or the carriage that was holding the weapon. And, uh, then Drogon lands and he smashes the rest of the weapon with his tail. Although I'm sure we haven't seen the last of this weapon. I'm sure that there are more, unfortunately. Um, so Danny gets down. She's trying to pull the spear out of Drogon's wings so that he can fly better and Jamie sees her and then he sees the spear and Tyrion looks down and he sees all of this going on too and he tells Jamie flee you fool flee but Jamie picks up the spear starts riding towards Daenerys Tyrion says you fucking idiot and he's coming for her she has no idea then she kind of hears she turns around and looks at him and Drogon's face comes right in front of her. The mouth opens. We think that Jamie's possibly about to ride into Drogon's mouth, but the fire starts to come. It comes and blows, but before it hits them, Bronn gets there and he pushes Jamie over into the water. So he saved Jamie from the fire. However, Jamie's wearing this heavy armor and he's just floating down, floating down, floating down. So we don't know if he's dead or alive. We don't know if it's just the armors dragging him down or maybe he's just like kind of given up a little bit. Um, so we don't know his fate. It kind of scares me a little bit that they didn't play any music for the first few seconds of the credits um, because that they usually do that when somebody's gone or something really, really bad has happened. But again, this was like a a lot of shit went down in this episode. So this was like a red wedding episode. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we don't know if Kingslayer is still alive or not. I really hope he is. Um, I'm really ready for Cersei to get eaten by one of these dragons. <laughs> and, um, I really hope that Drogon's going to be okay. Um, because the only person that's allowed to kill a dragon in my book is the Night King. Cersei cannot have the victory of killing one of those dragons it just it, it can't happen so the tables have definitely turned a little bit on Cersei unfortunately they got their gold over there so she can pay back the iron bank but um 
you know, is Jamie going to be okay? Is he dead? Um, is Danny her and her army going to take him as a hostage? Um, it looked like in some of the, the previews for next week that she has some of the Lannister army there and she says, you know, you can join me or you can die. And of course now Tyrion and Barris are worried that basically the dragon has been woken. Um, as they say, don't wake the dragon, you know, the temper and the Targaryens, um, you know, Vera says you have to find a way to get through to her. Um, because, you know, they don't want her to just use the dragons and just, you know, kill a bunch of innocent people. Um, I think what she did was right. I think she had to go strike. I really do feel sorry for the poor soldiers who are just following their Lord because that's what they're supposed to do. And they can't really make a stand. They can't, you know, just protest and not fight. That's how they live. Um, so I do feel sorry for them, um, but I don't feel sorry for the Lannisters themselves. Um, and I do think that she had to do something like they just took half of her army and attacked, you know, places that she was supposed to be holding. So she had to do something major. Um, but I'm definitely glad that hopefully, hopefully Drogon's going to be okay. It looks like she makes it back to Dragonstone with him and like lands in front of Jon. Um, so, um, I guess they're going to have to try to talk her out of using her dragons because now she knows how easy it can be. And maybe that's what Tyrion and Varys are worried about is that she's just want to, going to want to continue to do that. However, that's what she's going to have to do against the Night King. She's going to have to use those dragons like that. So at some point she is going to have to unleash the dragon. Um, and at first I wondered why she didn't take all three dragons there. But now I can see why. I mean, just showing the destruction that one dragon can do is pretty friggin' terrifying. So, um, to know that she has two more, and now they definitely know that she has these dragons, because Jamie's seen them, Bronn's seen them, other people have seen them. So, the dragons are no joke. And it seems like things are starting to get better between Danny and Jon. Um, I don't know how he feels, because... He told her, he kind of said, don't take the dragon and do this, but she did it anyway. Um, and again, I feel like she had to, she had to show some kind of force because too many things were, you know, she was beaten too many times. Cersei was getting too much and, and Danny just needed to stop it. She needed a win and now she has one. Um, but hopefully that won't mess up her relationship with John. um, I wonder what the shippers out there that want Danny and John to get together are thinking with that little quote from Sir Davos about John looking at her chest area um, because, you know, eventually he's going to find out that she's his aunt. And then how's that going to mess with the dynamic of their relationship? Because he has now a stronger or once he finds that out, he's going to have a stronger um, bid for the Iron Throne than she does. But I really hope they're going to rule together somehow. Um, and I think like, like I said earlier, I think that Miss Sande brought up that whole thing where they talked about bastards again, because somebody is going to find some kind of proof or something about John being Rhaegar and Lyanna's legitimate child. Um, so I think that's definitely going to come up at some point, probably towards the end of the season, because we only have three episodes left I can't believe I'm already saying that we only have three episodes left um and then we may have to wait until the very end of 2018 or early 2019 
but they're going to have so much CGI and so much so much post production to do that it's that way it's really going to suck. But it's we're just going to have to make it through it somehow because if we want it to be that good and we want to see these things, they're just that's the time they're going to need to work on it. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a whole whole lot. So we're just going to have to be patient. And I'm not a patient person by any means. Um, so let's see what else. Um, so yeah, Arya, she's in Winterfell. She definitely does not like Littlefinger. Um, is she going to put on a face and he's going to get just assassinated somehow? Who knows? Um, and what's going to happen with Bran? Like, is he ever going to get to talk to John? Because, uh, looks like in the previews for next week, he's going to tell John that he sees the Night King and the Night King's getting closer. And then he's about to attack somewhere. I hope it's not Eastwatch by the Sea where um, all of the wildlings are because I really want Tormund to be okay. Um, but, you know, and then he's, but he's getting closer to the wall. And we know he's going to get through the wall somehow. So whether they have the Horn of Winter, which for those who don't know, is this mythical horn that if you blow it, it brings down the wall. Um, the White Walkers are not supposed to be able to cross through the wall because of the magic there, but we've seen that that magic can be broken, just like when he touched Bran in the um, flashback, and um, or when Bran, I don't know even what to call these flashes that Bran sees, Brandon saw him in this vision, and he touched Bran, and then he was able to get to the tree cave where before he wasn't. So there's going to be something. We know the White Walkers are going to get through the wall. Whether the wall comes down or they just somehow are able to break the magic and pass through it. Um, and, you know, what's going to happen with Arya and Sansa's relationship? Like, Sansa seems happy that these people are home, but then she just seems weird about it too and I don't know if it's just because they've changed from when she last saw them years ago or if it's because Littlefinger's getting into her, her head and she's just worried that um you know they're gonna take some of her power so that's it for now for this episode of Games for the Throne I hope you enjoyed it as I hope you enjoyed the episode Spoils of War it was awesome um I love the dragons love 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 the dragons love the dragons flying love Danny flying on the dragons so I was super excited I thought they did a great job with the special effects um because I know that took a lot of time but it was just awesome and I'm pumped I'm ready for next week I'm ready for more so um until next week have any questions, comments, crazy theories, um, you can email me at gamesforthethrone at gmail.com. You can also check me out at um, Games for the Throne on Facebook, and it's at Games for the Throne on Twitter, but the four is the number four. And then I'm also Games for the Throne on um, Instagram. And you can check out my podcast if you're not, well, if you want to check it out somewhere else, obviously, instead of on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, but I also have a blog. Um, I blog about a lot of different stuff to do with Game of the Thrones. And um, it's called, the website is 3cstudio.net uh, slash game, games for the throne. So um, lots of cool, neat stuff there. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm interesting. Um, so thanks for listening to my podcast and I will see you next week.